Welcome to Shape by Faith with your host, Teresa Rowe. To find out more about Shape by Faith and Teresa Rowe, please visit shapebyfaith.com or visit the YouTube channel, Facebook, or Instagram. And now, here is Teresa Rowe. Welcome to Shape by Faith, where we shape our bodies and hearts for God's purposes. My guest today is Jeannie Waters. She is an award-winning writer. She's contributed to two devotionals, Worthy Inspired, five compilations, Lighthouse Bible Studies, and Focus on the Family Magazine. She writes for Refresh Bible Study Magazine and Hopeful Living. Readers view Jeannie's writing like a warm hug. Her author voice sparkles with encouragement as she shares stories from her Southern roots and connects them to biblical truth. Jeannie combines her love for God and people with treasured table memories in a place at his table, God's daily gifts to satisfy your heart, a 40-day devotional designed to help readers embrace God's daily blessings. Instead of allowing fear, doubt, and worry to sabotage your day, pull up a chair to God's table and find his gifts to satisfy your heart. I love that. Jeannie enjoyed her roles as a classroom teacher, an instructional coach, and an assistant professor, and she's taught students from kindergarten to college from more than 20 countries. Continuing her passion for teaching, Jeannie leads an online English club Bible study for a small group of women who are learning English. She's an active member of her church and a mentor for Word Weavers International. Welcome to Shape by Faith, Jeannie. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, I'm so glad that um, we have this connection through some mutual author friends and God connected us. And I'm just grateful. I love um, to meet new people who who are doing what God's called them to do. Uh, Let's talk about your background just a little bit. What was it like growing up in a small city in Georgia? Well, Teresa, I grew up in Macon, Georgia, and although compared to Atlanta, it's a small city, um, it's now the fourth largest in Georgia. But when I was growing up, there was more of a small town feel, and our lives centered around family activities and church and school, um, much like most families find today. Mm -hmm. Uh, My dad was an educator, and my mom was a stay-at-home mom, and we had a very happy childhood. Uh, My brothers and I played outside every time we possibly could, and we enjoyed softball and badminton with neighbor children, and um, we did messy things, too, like making mud pies and building tree houses, and we enjoyed all of those activities. And I was remembering a time when our five-year-old son visited my mother out in her country home, and she called me and said, Jeannie, this child has never made mud pies. <laughs> and I thought, uh-oh, I've failed as a mother. Oh. <laughs> but she said, she said, we have to remedy that. So we laughed about it. And when I drove up, my mother and my son were sitting in her treehouse making mud pies. Oh, wow. So I loved that. And I enjoyed my children having a happy childhood like I did. What a blessed childhood. That really sounds amazing. And God, you know, he, he of course, places families together, um, places our mother and father and our siblings um, yes. to to grow us into who he's designed us to grow into. So when did you commit your life to following Jesus Christ? 
Well, I was 17, Teresa. Our family had always attended church, so I was accustomed to that and had learned a lot of verses and Bible stories. But at age 17, I began to feel restless and really dissatisfied with my life. And people I talked with said, oh, you're fine. You're a nice girl. And what are you worried about? And so I appeared to be okay on the outside, but inside I felt like something was missing. Mm. And then one Sunday at our church, I heard a speaker who visited from Campus Crusade for Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, Her name was Pam. And she asked the group, do you know the United States president? Well, we all nodded. And then she asked this question, do you know about him or do you know him personally? Has he invited you in for a conversation into the Oval Office? And I could see the analogy and her question got my attention. Then she went on to share John 14, 6, um, where Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. And then she explained how Jesus died for our sins and how we could have a personal relationship with God. And at that moment, a light came on for me. And I understood that problem I had wrestled. Um, And I just knew there was not something missing in my life, but someone. And he was the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, that's good. Oh, it it was clear, as clear as it could be. And in retrospect, I know that was God and his kindness with his Holy Spirit drawing me to himself. Um, So that night I knelt beside my bed. And looked outside, I could see the stars and just at that moment just felt really like I was approaching God's throne. And I asked him to forgive me for my sins. I totally surrendered my life to him. And then I knew instead of just knowing about him, he was actually giving me a personal relationship with him. And I've loved it ever since then. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love that. I love your story. Every story is unique and special. And uh, God knows our story well because he wrote it. You know, what's interesting when I was listening to you share that, um, the lady from Campus Crusade for Christ, it was her obedience and going and sharing openly uh, her faith. It, It took her to spark a light in you. And it takes people and it it takes a person's obedience to Christ to be willing to go and share the gospel message with others. And um, how beautiful is that? And uh, my story, someone just just came to me. And so it, it does take people. And so I, the reason why I'm saying that is, you know, we just don't know who doesn't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, we don't, we don't necessarily know that. So we should be sharing um, his message as often as we can. So I I, I know, I know you love nature. And so um, I was fascinated (laughs) by that. So, and and we live on a farm. I love nature. Um, So how did you develop your love for nature? And what do you love most about being out in nature? Well, Teresa, I think that started with my parents, too, because they loved being outside and they taught us as children to identify birds and trees and flowers. And as I said earlier, I grew up playing outside Um, and my brother Ed and I absolutely loved visiting our grandparents mountain cabin in North Georgia. It was on the Amicalola River. 
And we just had one adventure after another um, fishing. We learned to skip rocks across the water. Um, we adored drinking from a pipe that had been installed into the side of the mountain where oh, wow. fresh, cold spring water came out. So, um, and recently my brother and I traveled back to that spot. The cabin is no longer there, but he was able to find the spot where the pump house and the house was. And we just relived those happy moments. Um, and I love the beach and mountains. Our My husband and I recently traveled to the North Georgia mountains and spent some time and I think my love of nature and, oh, especially waterfalls in North Georgia, North Carolina, there's so many beautiful waterfalls. But I think all of that is why I like alfresco meals so much. <laughs> I'll eat outside anytime I can. So you obviously don't have any like outside allergies or anything like that? I do not. And I'm so grateful because so many people do. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Okay. So your nature, I, I agree with you. I absolutely love nature, although there's not very many waterfalls here in Kentucky. There's lots of trees and deer and <laughs> wild turkey. Um, what are some of your favorite hobbies? Well, I have some bucket list hobbies, and then I have some I actually engage in. Sure. So on my bucket list, things that I hope to do before I retired was gardening, were gardening and quilt making. Mm -hmm. But with writing and family and other things, I still haven't gotten to those. But I do enjoy um, thrifting, especially with my daughter, um, reading, um, studying the Bible. I love family times with children and grandchildren. And my husband and I like watching movies and traveling together. But Teresa, honestly, my favorite, what I call a hobby, is meeting people. Mm -hmm. I love that. And when I went to the first writers conference, I learned that most writers are introverts. And yes. I thought, oh my, I might be in the wrong place. <laughs> I'm a classic extrovert. But anyway, my gift of gab helps with that. But I also like listening to the stories others share. That's good. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Shape by Faith. Welcome back to Shape by Faith. My guest today is Jeannie Waters. She's an award-winning writer, and she's contributed to two devotionals, Worthy Inspired, five compilations, Lighthouse Bible Studies, and Focus on the Family Magazine. And she writes for Refresh Bible Study Magazine and Hopeful Living. We're also going to talk about her devotional book today, A Place at His Table, God's Daily Gifts to Satisfy Your Heart. It's a 40-day devotional designed to help readers embrace God's daily blessings. So Jeannie, before we get into your writing career, let, let's talk about your teaching career. Uh, tell us about that. All right. Um, I had several teachers in my family, Teresa. And so when I went to college, I thought I'm not going to be a teacher. I'm going to blaze my own path. But the Lord kept nudging me back that way. And I had a very blessed, wonderful, and joyful career as an educator. Um, I loved every minute of it. It was hard work, but I enjoyed it. I taught um, grades K through 12, actually, um, not in separate classrooms, but at the end of my career, I taught in a program in Georgia. It's called ESOL, Teaching English to Speakers of Other Languages. Some states refer to it as ESL. But for those children, um, 20, 25 different countries were represented in our population. And I enjoyed teaching them. I traveled to 
high schools, middle schools, elementary schools, and enjoyed that so much. And then someone from the county office asked if I would serve as an instructional coach for that program. So during that part of my career, I taught teachers how to help their students learn English as they were learning content, which is difficult, but possible. Wow. Okay. So you're still teaching, aren't you online? I am. I have a small group of ladies I teach online and I just love them. We've become dear friends. After I retired from a local school system, uh, a college asked me to come and teach ESL there. And I did that for a while. I couldn't continue that with all the writing uh, time I was spending, but I just fell in love with those women. And like a year or so after that, I felt like God was nudging me to invite them to my home. And I thought, well, we have different faiths and different interests. How are we going to do that? And it seemed that he was leading me to call our group English Club. So I invited them into my home. We had English Club and I explained my testimony to them. And I said, if you ever want to learn more about the Bible, I'll be happy to teach you. So they asked, and I did. And then when, of course, during the pandemic, we could not meet, but we started working on Zoom. And some of them had moved back to their native countries. So I offered two different times a week because of time zones. But we use um, devotionals for our text, and we enjoy sharing with each other and learning English and learning Bible truths. So it's lots of fun. Wow. You know, you had to be obedient in that area too. And, um, you know, you said you're extroverted. You definitely are. And, and a lot of people that are extroverted are, if they look at their giftings, hospitality is one of their giftings a lot of times. Now, not all the time. And, but you've got to be willing to say, yes, Lord, I'll open up my home. And you did. And wow, look what God did. Um, let's talk about your writing career because that had to start somewhere. So when did you begin your writing journey? Well, I always enjoyed writing from childhood on, but shortly before I retired, I started having my quiet time with God out on a, at a table on our deck and on holidays and weekends. And I would journal some of what I was learning and so I said to my husband one day, when I reread these, they sound like devotions. I wonder if God is leading me in that direction. And then my cousin Evelyn and I attended the Blue Ridge Mountains Christian Writers Conference for several years and learned more about the craft of writing. And I said to her one day, all I know how to write are nature devotions. That's all I've done. And the next meeting at one of the conferences, someone from a publishing company stood up on the platform and said, we're in need of some nature devotions. So oh that was part of my answer. <laughs> and there were there were many times I doubted, is this really God's call? I dare not write saying I'm writing for him if it's not his call. But every time I've doubted, Teresa, he's reassured me with um, a friend's encouragement with an opportunity, with an award or something along the way. And it is a lot of hard work, but it's a delight to partner with him and whatever he calls us to do. Absolutely. So as far as um, writing devotionals, and you've also wrote for Focus on the Family magazine and other magazine publications, how did that begin for you? Did you submit your work or how did you go about that? Well, a couple of times I saw 
um, in an email for online opportunities. And I checked out the guidelines, prayed through that, and then wrote and submitted. And of course, everything we submit does not get accepted. Mm-hmm. So we have to learn to, to move on from that. That must not have been God's plan. And then um, I had a, a friend to recommend me to write for a magazine. Um, and uh, also just networking and meeting people at conferences. That That was a major factor. So that's important for people if they're interested in writing and they feel that the Lord is leading them in that direction. So you would recommend writing conferences. Is that correct? Oh, definitely. That is so important. And now some are offered online. Mm-hmm. There are some websites where you can find free help, but those writing conferences really just took me to the next step and continue to. I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. Well, and and it's like you said, it, it's a it's a good place to meet new people, and you never know. I think we should always go uh, wherever God is sending us by faith, and be open and be aware of what He's doing and how He's moving in that place wherever He's sending you. So I I think that's kind of exciting. Um, I've only been to a few writing conferences, and I probably should get back to more, but. Uh, that's for another day. Let's talk right. about <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about your new devotional book, "A Place at His Table: God's Daily Gifts to Satisfy Your Heart." So, what led you to that topic for your devotional? Well, the journey really started when a women's group at our church was conducting a Bible study, and the topic was Psalm twenty-three. And we've all heard Psalm twenty-three from childhood, and we've studied it. But this study was really deep, and I just really got involved in it. But as I say, I sort of got focused in on verse 5 and had a hard time moving forward where David said to God, you prepare a table before us in the presence of of our enemies. And so I thought about that a lot, and I knew God is certainly worthy of our trust. And I knew that worry and fear and doubt and all of those negative feelings and emotions should not be capturing my attention. But sometimes I felt like I was surrounded by them, like, you know, just um, bombarded. Um, And I call myself a recovering perfectionist and people pleaser. So God (laughs) is helping me a lot with that. But it's still they still rear their ugly heads sometimes. But I thought, why am I still doing that? Is it because I'm not trusting God? I know he's worthy of my trust. So I just began to think about that. And and he taught me in a deeper way who he is. Uh, He taught me more about his character and how I can trust him. And of course, I'm still learning as we will continue to until heaven. But I have learned to trust him more and just want to share that with other women. Mm -hmm, That's good. So how did your study of Psalms 23 change your life and your prayer life? Well, I don't journal every single day, but for a long period of time I did. And so at the top of each page, I would put the date and I would draw just a simple table outline. And the Bible tells us to bring our needs before God. He welcomes that, although he already knows. But I would pray and I would sort of jot down needs that I knew I had that day. And sometimes I'd kind of chuckle and say, Father, I know that you know far better than I do. So will you provide what you know I need in the way you know is best? And just going through that in my Bible study and prayer time, Teresa, he used that to increase my faith. 
That's good. Okay, let's take another quick break. And I want to hear more about your devotional book. So everyone stay tuned for more Shape by Faith. Welcome back to Shape by Faith. Jeannie Waters, you are such a delight uh, just to speak with and to listen uh, to your story and what God is doing in your life. So I want to hear more about your devotional book. So why did you decide to write the book? Well, Teresa, I just noticed that other women, many other women are like me, trying to juggle multiple responsibilities, to solve problems, to reach out and help other people. And sometimes when we overtax ourselves, as I tend to do and overcommit, we can become frustrated and wonder, how am I going to get through this week? Hmm. Um, We want to be faithful to God, but sometimes we can fall into worry and doubt and fear and frustration. And that can seem to make us feel like we're drowning when we long for peace and comfort and encouragement. And all of those are available on God's table. And verse five of Psalm 23 just is dear to my heart, where David described God as a host to say to God, you prepare a table before me. And sometimes I think there's a disconnect in our lives between what we know, such as God is worthy of our trust, and then how we live our lives when we get distracted. So I want all of us to continue to learn that freedom in Christ and to avoid um, letting those negative thoughts and feelings plague us so and know and enjoy the blessings that we have from our Father. Mm, that is so good. The devotions in your book are story-led. Why don't you tell us about some of those? Sure, I'd love to. Um, when I started studying scripture about this topic, all of these stories just popped into my mind. I'm sure God uh, allowed that. And there were stories about tables related to my life from childhood into adulthood and stories of friends. And of course, who doesn't love story? They're fun to write and they're fun to share and fun to read. But I just kept focusing on that table of provision and not just for food, but for fellowship, for learning more about God at his table and learning more about people we love or or who we meet and learn to love at different tables. So each devotion is set at a table and there are a variety of tables, a a tea room, a hospital bedside table, a cozy kitchen. Just, I tried to use a variety of settings Mm -hmm. and my friends call these Southern table stories. So um, (laughs) being Southern, I I didn't see that as quickly as they did, but um, I remember childhood picnics and polishing silver with my mom when we had company and just occasions like that. So it was fun to write those. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, Where can we purchase your book, Jeannie? Well, Teresa, beginning September 4th, it will be available on Amazon. And of course, at my wonderful publisher's website, Bold Vision Books. Mm -hmm. And I understand it will also be available on websites like Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Walmart, and as, as they say, where books are sold. Okay. All right. We all need to get a copy of your book. Um, why Thank is you. it? Absolutely. Why is it important for us to understand God's gifts? Well, he's such a good father that all of his gifts are good. We know that some of them don't appear to be just what we'd want at the time, but he's a wise and good father. He doesn't just fill up our wish list with all of his answers. 
but he provides for our needs. And also, I think he adds those what I call frosting on the top gifts, just wonderful gifts to bless us that maybe we didn't even expect. But if they're from him and if they relate to him, we need to understand and embrace them and let them let him use them in our lives. Um, and I think primarily they are for us, but I think primarily they're designed to help us honor him and then to turn around and share what we've received with other people. And that is a joy. Oh, that's good. How would you suggest we enjoy the tables where we find ourselves? Oh, I would say just celebrate the joys of daily life. Um, pick some wildflowers and put them in a vase and turn the table time into a blessing for whoever gathers there by having fun and using it as a time to share gratitude with God and, and with each other. Just, I would say, savor the moments. Um, my mom always had a centerpiece. Even if it was ivy, she cut outside and put into a vase. So I like those easy, simple centerpieces. Mm -hmm. I'm not a decorator. And I share some of those in the book, too, as well as some recipes and fun tips for celebrating around the table. Oh, okay. That's fun. Okay. So let's talk about uh, the message that you would like to leave with your listeners to encourage them as you've done in a place at his table. Well, first of all, I would say if you believe Jesus died for your sins and you've asked him to forgive you and you've surrendered your life to him, you're his child. And he promises to provide for all of our needs as a loving father. And we can, if you need to, sketch out that little table and reread Psalm 23. But think about his goodness. And as we praise him and worship him and pray and study his word, we learn more about his goodness and his gifts. And the other part of the message would be don't allow fear and worry to just camp in your mind and heart and rob you of the joy and peace that God has for you. Mm, that's wisdom. Okay, Jeannie, I'm going to put you on the spot, but would you like to pray us out? We've got about 35 seconds. I would love to, Teresa. Heavenly Father, thank you for being such a good father. And we honor you and praise you this day. And we thank you that we can trust you for every single need we have, Father. Thank you for this opportunity to enjoy sharing with Teresa. And thank you for the book. I pray you would use it as a blessing and as with this program as well, that you would bless listeners through it. And in all we do, we want to honor you and praise you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Jeannie, thank you so much. You were such a delight to speak with. Thank you. Thank you, Teresa. This has been fun. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. And thank you for listening. I'm Teresa Rowe. Everyone have a blessed day. Bye. Thank you for listening to Shape by Faith with Teresa Rowe. Remember to visit shapebyfaith.com to find out more about workouts, the TV show, podcasts, blogs, Shape by Faith products, and much more.